Thanks for listening to Reality Breached. It's October. Let's watch some horror movies. I sit down with my lovely wife, and we talk about Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, We're going to go through all of the movies. This is part one of two. So enjoy the show. It's Fredality Breached. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Reality Breached. I'm your host, as always, Sergio Lugo. Uh, I, I have someone who's never been officially on an episode of Reality Breached with me. Well, no, not with you. That's right. I, I have my wife, Ariel Blackwell. She's uh, a <laughs> she, she's braving the wild. You're braving my, uh, my, my, what, how do we put, oh, shit, I don't know what to say. She's jumping into a. You don't have to say anything. Just let me talk. Yeah, just talk. Just, just Yeah, no, you take it. Um, well, no, no, she's, she's braving one of my annual traditions here at Reality Breach. And that is taking a beloved film series and just kind of power watching all of it and commenting on each movie in podcast form first one we did was fast and furious i did that with robert morris it was a blast he hated them and then he loved them uh second year me and reed did mission impossible this year for halloween we are going to watch all of the freddy movies which are the nightmare on elm street films most are from the 80s but some of the later ones latter ones are from the 90s uh this is going to be a two-part episode where we knock all of those out We've already watched the first four Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Uh, It's kind of a mixed bag. Um, But I want to start off with, babe, why the Freddy movies? Why? Why why is this the project that that, that has you saying, I want to do it? Well, one, because it was my idea. So (laughs) let's throw that out there. My idea. No, it's... Freddy Krueger's the most, like, to me, most iconic. And he's funny. Like, he's the most charming asshole I can think of. Like. Okay. It's it's scary. And I watched them whenever I was so little. Like, they came out before. I was, I mean, I was fucking scared to death. But then as I got older, they were funny as hell. And then mm-hmm. I fell in love with them. I don't know. It's good. And there's, like, good, strong female characters that are heroes yeah i mean i don't know why are you putting me on the spot because i i want to know but like i come at this from a very different angle like i literally had only seen maybe one of them i'm more of a jason guy so i'd seen jason versus freddy and i'd seen or freddy versus jason whichever one whichever one it is uh i i'd seen bits and pieces and i understood the conceit of freddy but I just never got into it. Even working at the video store when I was a kid, I just never watched them. That's a fucking shame. Isn't it? Who raised you? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, watching all these movies with someone who loves them and is like, no, here's a part. Come watch this part. Yes. And and, and you you were even spitting out lines as he was saying them in some of these movies. Yes, in my Freddy Krueger voice. Yeah, in your Freddy, Freddy Krueger voice. So, it's it's an interesting watch, knowing that you love it, and I'm green. Completely green. Yes. And a lot of what I understood about the series is confirmed, but a lot of what I understood about the series is 
completely wrong. And I think we'll what get. What do you mean? I think we'll get to that as we go through each film individually. Okay. Because what I understood from seeing the first movie is he's a dude who comes and gets you in your dreams. Yes. And I thought that's what all the movies were about. But it's very clear, starting with the second movie, that what Freddy Krueger is, is kind of an, you know, it kind of changes from movie to movie. And there's, like, reasons outside of who Freddy is at his core, moi. Yeah. So, and I have all of the fun facts. (laughs) All of them. I'm like a fucking pop-up video. (laughs) (laughs) Like... I, I I knew that this was going to be like an ongoing joke, but but she has notes. Like she watched the movies mm. and you took notes. Why do you gotta say I have notes? It makes me sound less smart. Except it makes you sound way smarter. Mm. I didn't take. I, I push head, up my fucking geek glasses right now. Heads up, we're in the hundreds of episodes, and I just wing it most of the time. If I can't pull it out of my brain, apparently it's not important enough to talk about. You've written some shit down, and that clearly means that it's very important. Or just stylistic differences. <laughs> we'll go with that. All right. So let's talk about the most important thing about fucking Nightmare on Elm Street. One. Nancy's motherfucking hair <laughs> is amazing. It is fucking phenoms.coms. I, is phenoms the right word? I love Her it. hair is... Her hair is fucking hair. It's fucking gorgeous. It's huge. I know. It's huge, and it's completely au natural. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like she she's not fucking. I mean, I don't even know if there's hairspray in it. It no. just it is that big, and that was what what year? Nineteen eighty four. Nineteen eighty four. Filmed in before they believed in conditioner. Like it was just. <laughs> it wasn't frizzy though. It was good. It was really good. It was just thick, healthy hair, and fucking magnificent. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, you don't see women with hair that like that these days because by the time they're 13, they're... Straightening it. Straightening it and putting product in it and chopping it four different ways and then turning it blue. Like... Why do I feel personally attacked right I'm now? I'm just saying. You have beautiful hair. Like, Thank you. Don't worry about that. It's just... you Let's don't keep s- the pleasantries up. Come on. <laughs> you don't see that kind of hair, even in person, yeah. Very often anymore. So seeing that big natural tuft of hair, it was like a mane. Yes, I've <laughs> loved it though. I loved it. All right. So beginning, like opening scene is kind mm-hmm. of like like you get bamboozled a little bit. Because even you thought that uh Tina Tina, yeah was gonna be girl. our yeah. heroine. Yes. I, I thought she was the main character. Yes. Yeah. And then she is definitely not. No, no. You remember we were watching and she started having sex with that dude. And I'm like, this isn't following this the isn't, rules. This isn't right. <laughs> yeah. Like, which was intentional. They kind of wanted to do like the little switcheroo on us. And so Nancy's supposed to be betrayed as very much the girl next door. Mm-hmm. So much so that we don't even really notice her. Yeah. So that way it's more of a surprise. Like, Wes Craven wanted it to be such a slow build to that first fucking kill scene. Yeah. Where, I mean, people left the fucking theater because it's so 
I mean, it's fucking terrifying, and it ages pretty well, I think. Do, like that first movie has some of the most iconically scary ass scenes. Yes, or, the one you're referring to is that the one where uh, old girl was Tina. like, yeah, yes, was she's... put on the ceiling and like yes. it was raining blood in her room and shit. Well, it was well, yeah. I mean, she was bleeding, but I think you're thinking of Glenn, where it like shoots out oh, okay. of his back. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it yeah, is yeah, used yeah. in the same rotating room. Mm-hmm. So, which they got from some Fred Astaire movie or whatever oh, where he's singing, I, 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 and he's like <laughs> dancing up the ceilings and shit. Not the murder, like the fucking. No, no. When you say you'd say they got it from Fred Astaire, like it was in his personal collection. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um. But you know, I mean, it's fucking scary. I mean, watching it, like even knowing what's going to happen, is so terrifying. Mm-hmm. And not to mention, I mean, what's just the premise? Okay, like the premise of someone getting you in your sleep mm-hmm. when you're most it's vulnerable. The most vulnerable you can possibly be. I mean, you've been there. Like sleep paralysis is scary as shit. Mm-hmm. It's happened to me more times than I'd like to fucking discuss. But it's it's scary. You don't know how to move. Like in your dreams, you can't even defend yourself. How many times have you had a dream where like somebody was being mean to you or whatever, and you try to like hit them, and you can't do anything. You can't even run. You can't no. even scream. You're basically I, typically I'm just there, mostly naked, <laughs> in front of a bunch of people. <laughs> in front of a bunch of people, wondering why I'm not cold or hot. <laughs> what? Well, because, because like usually when I'm in my boxers, what are you talking about? Wondering why you're cold or hot? Like, like if I'm out in the woods in a dream, I should be either cold or hot because oh I'm almost naked. You're so annoying, even in your dreams. I'm just saying, it like it's it's like a telltale. Oh, this is I'm dreaming. Um, mm-hmm. That's funny. But you're absolutely right. That's why it's so frightening. Like the the, the premise of Freddy Krueger, the man who gets you in your dreams, yes, is frightening. Like. Just don't, I mean, I cannot think of anything scarier than being completely defenseless. And okay, so my fun facts are coming out. Okay, I'm not even looking at my notes just for everybody to know. I'm a fucking genius. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so Wes Craven got the idea mm-hmm. from there were a stream of news articles. I want to say it was L.A. Times, but don't don't take me to whatever on that. Okay, but. Um, of immigrants from Cambodia okay. who were like afraid to go to sleep, swearing that something horrible was going to happen to them, and they died in their sleep. Hmm. Like, just mysteriously, it was a stream of them, I guess from, I don't know, like they never solved it, but that's what got his mind turning. He was like, what if it was someone who did it? And like their parents would try to put them to sleep, like give them sleeping pills, you know, whatever. And there were children that stayed up for days, like, wouldn't take the sleeping pills and just fucking died. And it's like, so it's the parents' fault while yeah. they're dying. Yeah. And there's a boogeyman or some oh, something wow. that we can't. And so that's what inspired him to write it. And, and and that's basically the plot of the movie is someone's coming to get us while we sleep, so we have to stay awake. Yes, and it's and mom and dad's everyone fault. else is trying to put you to sleep. Oops. Yes. Not knowing that you're going to die. Yes. And, like, I don't huh. Like, the theme of, I cannot talk to my parents about this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, or not I think, I mean, I know. Like, New Line Cinema, like, they were like, okay, we know teenage demographic. Yep. And they had a few hits. So they needed, that they got their money back on, but nothing too huge. And so, I think that Wes Craven tried to sell that 
out to people for like three years before anyone will pick it up. That's crazy. I know. And then this is before he's anybody. Um, like, fuck, I forgot my what I was going to say. New Line Cinema being broke. Yes. And they're broke as fuck or whatever. But, I mean, he, I forgot. Shit. No, I was going somewhere else with it. Are we dreaming right now? <laughs> like, is that why nothing's making sense? Yeah, yeah. I'm naked. Are you? No. Why well, aren't you hot or cold? <laughs> um, I forgot, babe. I forgot. I was oh, going it's fine. Somewhere. It's fine. Shit. I'll listen back to it and I'll be like, oh, that's what I was going to say. That's, that's exactly what was going to happen. I fucking hate it. Um, oh, but, yeah, so, like, you can't talk to anybody about it. Like, you can only talk to your friends. Mm-hmm. And hashtag parents just don't understand and so they feel very 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 alone already so not only are they worried about sleeping they even when they're awake they don't feel comforted they don't feel safe they don't feel like they can trust anyone other than the people that are scared as fuck too yeah so yeah uh, like falling asleep is something you can do so accidentally yes yeah and and you mentioned able to talk to your friends like I don't even know if they could do that. They they may feel like they can, but there were multiple times in these first four movies where they catch their, shit. Their, their, the friends were like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll make sure that if you start struggling while you sleep, I'll wake you up." And then they were just snoozing right next to him, not actually giving a shit what's going. You know what? That might is happen. true. And yeah. like whenever, and I think for Nancy, she'd been having dreams for so long. About this guy, but she just never said anything. Because, I mean, we said, oh, I had a bad dream last night. Most of the time, people don't give a shit after that point. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, I had a bad dream the other week, too. And, like, you don't go into it. Yeah. Um, but Nancy is so, like, familiar with him, which is, like, something that I noticed rewatching it. Yeah. Like, because I'm a big kid now. And it's been a while since I watched him. Um, wholeheartedly, like I actually sat down and watched them because it's one of those like I accidentally fall asleep to, <laughs> um, and somehow don't have nightmares. Um, but yeah, Nancy, it's like she's already familiar with him. As mm-hmm. soon as she goes into the first dream, and it's like she's had repetitive dreams, but it seems like for everyone else, it's all new. Yeah, it's just now coming to them. Um, so I don't, God. I love those fucking movies. The first one, especially. Oh, the first one's a classic, and and it sets the groundwork. Like if if you look yes. at like Freddy's character, like the reason Freddy is a thing in in the the Nightmare on Elm Street lore is because the in this town he was a murderer. He was taking ch- children to his his boiler room warehouse thing, killing them, and he got arrested was on trial due to some snafu at during the yeah, trial. Someone he, didn't sign the warrant. Someone didn't sign the warrant. The very, right. very yeah. melancholy, dramatic, like, mom. Mm-hmm. Someone didn't sign the warrant. Bum, so bum, we went bum. after him. Yeah. So he was walking free, and basically they, they Frankenstein him. Like, the villagers got their torches and pitchforks, went to Is that Freddy. what happened in Frankenstein? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <I don't> <laughs> the, the villagers came and burned him alive. Yes, and, and that's like Freddy is back to exact his revenge on the children of the people that burned him. Yes, which is way more backstory than I knew this had. Yes, and of course, there's like the 
the molestation undertones that mm-hmm. are very downplayed well, throughout. Was, yeah, the eighties. Yeah. Well, and well, his his origin story was supposed to be he's a child molester, a child mm-hmm. murderer, but there was this huge um, like church scandal, of course, and it was so fresh, and it was young, young, young kids, like preschool. Yeah. Oh God, age. And so they were just like, okay, we can't fucking touch on that. Yeah. Um, we'll just we'll just make him a murderer. Yeah. Which oh, I think I remember Newland Cinema <laughs> from earlier. <laughs> Sorry, Newland Cinema was so um, they were like, we know teenage demographic, uh-huh. and so that's why they were like, let's go after this. Like, mom and dad don't understand. Um, whatever bullshit. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. You're welcome, past Ariel. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. I had to. Yeah. It came to my brain. One one thing that is not apparent in the backstory is why Freddie is a goofball. And yeah. and and even going as far back as my childhood, the, like when I first saw one of these, I was always like, "This is a great premise. It's a cool premise. Why are they trying to be funny?" I know why. Why? Robert fucking England. Really? Yes, he created he created Freddy's persona. He embodied just I mean Freddy. Like I mean, mm-hmm. he created everything about him to the right hand slouching. Mm-hmm. Like even after the glove wasn't so fucking heavy, I guess they got a better glove maker. <laughs> Started making aluminum gloves. <laughs> I guess instead so. of out of cast iron. Yes. <laughs> Which, as of uh, ten minutes ago, I didn't know this, but anyone who tried on the glove, mm-hmm. like. Everyone injured themselves if they put it on because it was so sharp. And if you balled up your fist, the claws would get your arms. Jesus. Yeah. So, I mean, they took it fucking literally, which... Go ahead. Why don't you have a costume glove that doesn't try to slice people's wrists? Because they wanted it to be scary. Like, um, do you remember the scene where Nancy's trying to sleep and Tina's getting fucking murdered? Yes. And there's that, like, where the the hands and the face coming through. Mm Mm-hmm. Which well, which was really fucking scary. Really scary. Yes, which was done with spandex, yeah. and every like one of those kind of things they did on the set with every actor who's in the scene in the room, so it would be as scary as possible. And so yeah, they're gonna have a fucking real call. Like I mean, it was a lot of it was feared. The actress that was uh, Tina. Mm-hmm. Like, so in that rotating room, she's like, I was fucking scared to death. Like, she got vertigo so bad, she freaked (laughs) out for, like, a good 15 minutes. And so did Wes Craven, because he's, like, hooked to a wall, rotating around. (laughs) So he's, like, upside down for forever. He was upside down during Glenn's murder scene. What do we call that? Like, murder scene? I guess so, yeah. Um, Or death Death scene? scene? Murder scene is is more appropriate. Yes, death scene. People got electrocuted. Because they were, like, dumping oh. water into, like... Oh, the 80s. Yes. Back before the unions got in, tr- in control of all of this. <laughs> old, old fucking broke new line. I mean, back what were they supposed to do? Back when you could almost kill Johnny Depp and it was fine. Yes. Did you know? I know you didn't know, but I got to say it. Charlie Sheen was, like, gunning for Glenn's role, but he wanted to be paid, like, three grand a week. So they were just like, fuck you. Like, we don't even have money to shoot this shit. Like, (laughs) much less pay you. So Wes Craven's daughters were like, Dad, you have to pick Johnny Depp. And he was like, he's so pale. They were like, he's beautiful. (laughs) And so so he picked him. Johnny Depp is a two-time winner of Sexiest Man Alive. 
What? Two-time winner. He's the Chuck Norris of Sexiest Man Alive? Like, how do you win twice? <laughs> what, like, once in, like, the 90s and once in the, oh, the aughts. Ugh. Yeah. I'm not crazy. I, I like young Johnny Depp, I guess, but only because he's in a Freddy Krueger movie. Okay, that's fair. Mm, I don't care if it's fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing, that, and, you, and you just mentioned it, practical effects. Yes. Like, nowadays, it's way cheaper to just do it on computers. And I don't blame filmmakers for having to do things on computers. That's, it's just a, a fact of the industry. A lot of these movies have some stunning yes. practical effects, especially that first movie. F- any any particular one? Like the, 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 the one with the, the blood coming out of the ceiling? Yes. And the... And, and, like, the aftermath with the blood dripping from the ceiling on, like, below the the room. Fantastic. Fun fact. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I can't help myself. <laughs> so, the guy gets electrocuted who's, like, pouring in the water and the cornstarch mm-hmm. or whatever. Cairo syrup, maybe? Cairo syrup, yeah. Cairo? Cairo. Whatever. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the blood. The blood. Um... So he gets electrocuted. Well, it's rotating. Uh-huh. Well, at some point, shit gets whatever, and it's just spinning. So like that, where it's dripping down, that effect because they got one go at it. That was it. Yeah. So Wes Craven's like in this box, like recording. There's fucking electrified water <laughs> in the thing, and there he stuck up stuck upside down for 20 minutes and so like that running effect mm-hmm. was not on purpose water hit on the wrong side they weren't able to control it anymore yep. so he's just stuck in this fucking water he's hoping doesn't touch him and that's how they got that effect with it like dripping down uh-huh. like oh, on cool. the side and it's like super fucking scary yeah anyway yeah yeah like the like very organic yeah yeah, yeah. like movies aren't made like that anymore and I'm not saying that they're any better. It's just, it's I am. It's it's surprising how well things turn out when you use practical effects. But the fucking arms. Oh, the, yes, fucking arms. Yes, like, uh, uh, that, uh, going down the alleyway with the it was like fishing poles. I think mm-hmm. that they used, which uh, maybe for the times, like. Uh-huh. It wasn't that bad, but it was like, but why? I don't like the goofiness of the, of, yes. of Freddy's character. I, d- I do. That's I what I love the most about him. He's such a... F- he does not care that he's bad. Like, he's going to... F- he's going to fucking kill you. But, yeah, but, but no, he but, wants to fuck with you first. But none of the slasher dudes care that they, they're bad. Like... They aren't stricken with a conscience. I mean, what they, slasher dudes? We're like, talking about Freddie, like, like Michael fucking, Myers, Jason Voorhees. He's not Voorhees, supposed to be them. Leatherface, like they just kill to kill. Yeah, but he's like back for revenge, and so he's toying with them. I mean, any fucker who's going to kill kids, like he's going to be. Maybe, maybe Freddie's just not all there. Who knows? I don't know. Like he's fucking scary. Like he's scary. But he's also just a dick. <laughs> I mean, I love him. Like, I do. I love him. Like, if I had to go out with someone, I'd at least want to chuckle a little before. I guess. I guess. Uh-oh. I know you don't like it, but it's like one of the things that makes him so... It makes him unique. I'll give you that. Well, yes. I mean, he's... And he's funny. I mean, he's instantly... What the... F- fuck is wrong with you i mean he's om- <laughs> he's almost lovable if you don't think about the fact that he murdered a bunch of kids true 
true. Like, I, well, actually, I still, I still love him. I don't care. Yeah, like, like I, it wouldn't surprise me if you wanted to buy a Freddy Krueger plush doll. You know, what are you talking about? We have those. <laughs> you we, bought them. I'm not me. the plush doll. Why not? <laughs> I'll check Amazon. Okay. Before we move on to the second movie, what what else do you have to say about the first Nightmare on Elm Street movie? What else do I have to say? You want all of my fun facts? I'm just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> um, do we need to talk about the house? Oh, well, the house is so iconic, which I think is actually a good segue mm-hmm. into the second movie because it focuses more on the house and that's his connection to right um to the freddy like universe or whatever they, they take the name of the movie very uh literally going from the first movie to the second it's like oh yes. the nightmare is still on elm street yes and it's freddy's revenge yeah oh it is Remove the entire cast of the first movie, replace it with an entirely new cast in the same house. Yes. Same area, same town. Yes. Um, hold on. I know that there has... Oh, we have to say this. Like, or I have to ask you, like, how... This was 1984 when it came out. Uh-huh. Like, I don't know. I'm not a huge movie buff, but how much, like, influence do you think that that movie had on other ones? Like... Kita and I were watching it, mm-hmm. and we were talking about just how fucking scary it is. And you, you think about Inception. It was so thrilling because, you know, you know how it feels whenever you're dreaming, like those constant themes that show yeah. up. Do you think that it spiraled off anything? Is there anything that you can think of like that? Uh, I wish I was more of a movie scholar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure our friend of the site, Jordy, could answer those that, that, yes. that question really well. Um, when it comes to horror movies, I would say absolutely it's very iconic uh, and influenced a lot of different things. It, it was really part of the, the you know the huge wave of teen slasher films from the late seventies through the eighties. Uh, however, again, I don't I don't know the specific things that it influenced. Well, I just had to ask you put you on the spot <laughs> i don't i don't have like a good like well i think that da, 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 da. i was yeah. genuinely just asking what you thought yeah is. like i i, I my, my gut feeling says no doubt absolutely but no name drops but yeah i don't have any name drops on it no hmm. um let's okay last thing i want to say about the first movie the ending yeah so there's an ending and then there's another ending there's the ending where Freddy disappears. Mm-hmm. You know, because cause Nancy's all like, I don't believe in you, and blah, blah, blah. Oh, don't just... I love that, because... <laughs> <clears throat> sorry, I do have more to fucking say. <laughs> no, I love that, because with most things in life, like, as soon as you don't give them power, as soon as you're, like, you don't have a victim mentality... Mm-hmm then things don't matter anymore. Like, blackmail doesn't matter, you know, or any sort of leverage someone has on you. So, like, I thought it was kind of beautiful. Except for, like, her mom's skeleton, like, going down. And it was just like, (laughs) what the fuck is actually happening? And then that end scene, they shot, like, 
four different versions, uh-huh. and they ended up using like all four versions, oh, God. like mixed together. Yeah, yeah. Like the ending was fine, and then they added another two minutes. That's just ridiculous. So you were fine with the conclusion of Freddy going away? Yeah, yeah. But then that that actual like last like what the fuck is happening? Mm-hmm. Well, basically, oh nobody's dead. And then we're going to pull, what was it, Nancy's mom through the window of the door? Yes. Or what was clearly like a, a mannequin yes, through I the window was, of a door? I think it was the same mannequin that, which, am I thinking of the wrong movie where she's running down the hallway holding the baby? <laughs> I don't think that was the first movie. Mm-hmm. They're starting to blur together now. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. So, uh, I, I think we can universally say the first Nightmare on Elm Street is a fantastic movie. Yes. One year later, uh, minus the creative mind of Wes Craven, New Line Cinema has greenlit Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. Uh, what, what do you, wh- Why... Was Wes Craven not there? Okay, so um, Robert Shaw, or Bob Shaw? Bob Shaw. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think his name's Robert. Yeah. But whatever. So Bob Shaw and Wes Craven were feuding, apparently, like a lot during shooting the first one. Mm-hmm. Wes Craven read the script, which was like from somebody at New Line, wrote it. He wasn't feeling it. Um, Wes and... Bob Shaw, I keep wanting to call him Robert. That's yeah. that's what he is in the fucking opening scenes. I don't know why I'm remembering that. But they didn't speak for a couple of years afterwards. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I think that, <clears throat> no, there's... Wes Craven says that Bob Shaw wanted a sequel. Bob Shaw says that he wasn't gunning for a sequel. And that's why they th- there was that awkward um, last scene. Mm-hmm. Was to keep it kind of open-ending, you know, whatever. But oh, yeah. Wes Craven read the script, and he was like, this is garbage, and decided that he wasn't going to have a part with it. And then they tried to get a different Freddy Krueger, which was a hot southern mess, apparently. And Robert <laughs> England ended up, of course, yeah. being Freddy. He's the only person coming back <clears throat> yes. from the first movie is, is Freddy himself. and Bless up. Wes Craven might have been onto something. Because that second movie is quite a mess. Yes, which I feel like we're kind of doing a disservice by not having someone here that's not straight. <laughs> when 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 you told me that this Elm Street Two is the gay one, yes, I was like, what? But you Googled mm-hmm. it, and what, what was the what was the quote that came up? It's the gayest movie ever. Yeah. I, th- I mean... The gayest horror movie ever, yes. I think, was the, the distinction. Dis- I mean, the distinction. who was it? I think I have notes here somewhere. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, a magazine legitimately said, and yes, I said legitimately, <laughs> that it was the first gay movie. Even though it's undertones and everything else. I mean, he's considered... What is his name? I forgot that... The character's Frederick name. Kruger. <laughs> I fucking hate you. <laughs> I fucking hate you. The dude. 
But yeah, so Freddie comes back, but I think this is where you're like, okay, so he doesn't just get you in your dreams. And I, and it does break away from like Freddy Krueger brand because mm-hmm. he's supposed to be the bad guy, the boogeyman. You know, they get you in your dreams. Jesse Walsh. Jesse, that's right. Oh my God, and the fucking girlfriend. <laughs> um, so Freddie wants to. It's possession. It's a possession movie, which is really fucking weird. Yeah. For Freddie and like, Freddie's not really in the movie much. No, it's it's very much a movie about Jesse. Yes, and and and, and he, like him having to deal with with Freddie basically just stalking him and being inside of him. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> hey buddy, I'm in here. Bring me people to kill. Yes, he needs souls of children. Yeah, and then we get bamboozled, which this is one of my like. I mean, I was like yelling at the TV a, a little <laughs> bit because Jesse has a knock at the door and they open it. And Mm -hmm. I can't remember the girlfriend's name, but you see this huge, magnificent fucking 80s hair, and you're like, Nancy, is that you? But Heather Heather Langenkamp's not in the movie. And it's this, which she looks like somebody, like she looks like a Judd sister or something. (laughs) I'm just saying. Not in a bad way. That's funny. But Uh, yeah, you think it's fucking Nancy at the door, and it's mm -hmm. most certainly not. But he, of course, lives in, what what is the address, 1638 Elm Street? Something like that, yeah. Like, I should know that. Every town has an Elm Street. Yeah, so so the conceit is Jesse moves into the house. Jesse's family moves into the house, and it's the same house that Nancy lived in. And it's five years later, and Jesse finds uh, Nancy's diary in the top of her, of his closet and they're reading about how Nancy was be you know terrorized, terrorized by Freddie in her nightmares and she watched old boy get murdered across the street and blah blah her blah, mother yeah. apparently killed herself in the living room mm-hmm. so like the mother dying that's explained away Glenn's dead so that um in sequence is a dream or something. Yes, it's yeah. back into a dream. Like, I think Robert England said that he views it as really the beginning of the movie. And it's mm-hmm. like the beginning of of Nancy's nightmare. Like, she had woke up from everything else. And that's actually the new nightmare that's occurring okay. where she's dying. So, I mean... If if that's what we need to make to make, make it make sense, yes. Like sure. I think that everybody <laughs> had their own theories because it it did not make sense. A lot of it, like they should have left this that last portion out. But I think it was it was kind of a cool choice. It was just weird that there was two different endings. Yeah, like because it could have stopped at either one of them and it would have been okay. I yeah. guess. Yeah. Well, not, I guess not either one of them. But anyway. Yeah. So, I digress. So. so he moves into this house, and Freddy's trying to get him to kill people or bring him, bring people to him so he can kill them. It, it's they don't really lay all the cards on the table at any point during the movie as to who's doing the killing, like physically. I, I guess it's it, it's it's like it's it's definitely Jesse, but which means scoop to the end. But I mean, he it's weird because. He faces no repercussions, but, I mean, every time someone dies, like, he looks down and he sees it, and he says, like, I killed Coach Blah Blah. I killed mm-hmm. Blanky Blank. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. it's not him making the decisions, but it's his body. Yeah. like at the, And at the end of the movie, like, Freddy comes out of Jesse's dream and is murdering kids by the poolside. 
Jesse wasn't doing any of that. Where was Jesse, though? Was he watching it? Oh, you're talking about the scene where he fucking comes out of his abdomen and is like, <laughs> yeah, like stretches through. So that was Freddy for that sure, because okay. he's wearing the red and green. Yeah. God, this movie's a mess, man. It really is. It's really bad. And Jesse's a total scream queen. I love it. <laughs> so, so let's talk about the gay stuff. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about the, the gay, gay stuff. stuff. So it's 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 not in any way overtly gay. Like there is one scene where Jesse goes to a club that may be a gay club. Maybe a gay club. Okay, no, a club. A, a gay, gay club. club. <laughs> yeah. No, it's definitely a gay club. Come on. It was the eighties. I can't speak no, for eighties gay clubs. It's they're wearing leather like chaps, basically. Have you seen hair metal videos? Baby, okay. Anyone watching that knows it's a fucking gay club. Okay. All right, all right. I, Except you, apparently. Apparently. Your gaydar sucks. It does. It absolutely does. But the movie itself is not inherently gay, but there's so many little bitty undertones. Like, from, from like, boys, like, unnecessarily wrestling in and high school. And pulling down his pants. And, yeah, and pantsing dudes. With no like plot reason to do so, uh, what was the what was the name of the game that was in his in probe? His, yeah, <laughs> that was a board game in the top of Jesse's closet named Probe. Yeah, I mean it was, and it was not completely like um, unintentional. Like, I mean they they chose to do certain things. I mean, the coach being like straddled in. Like those things, and like, like they were weird. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't yeah. even necessarily gay, but just like BDSM, right? In right. There. Like alternative culture type. Yes. Yeah. I mean, which is kind of cool, except for the fucking hot mess that's the film. I mean, it completely goes away from who Freddie is. It, right. it could have been a different movie and made more sense. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Like I, I, because. On on the surface, at face value, I really like the idea of this house is cursed. But we, yeah. you know, we have plenty of this house is cursed movies. But this house is cursed. Whoever lives here suffers from dreams that end up killing their entire friend group. Yeah. Okay. That that's a conceit I can follow. The thing is, is they don't they, they don't mm. actually. That, that's not the conceit of the movie. No, it's Freddie wants to be inside me, <laughs> and. <laughs> I mean, he literally says, there's something inside of me. And his friends, like, what does the guy say? And he's like, whenever his girlfriend's trying to hook up with him in the cabana or whatever, and he goes to hang, like, spend the night with Rod or whoever the I fuck think, his I think name it was is. Rod. Um, maybe Rod <laughs> might have been the first one. It doesn't matter. Um, and he's like, yeah, something's trying to get inside of you. And it's your girl. And she's a girl, but you'd rather sleep with me. One, how does a girl get inside of you? Look, I know some ways. Oh, God. Baby, we're married. <laughs> Don't tell people these things. No. I'm just saying, like, it's not like dudes don't have holes. It's just... Oh, my God! Like... I mean, they it's, do. It's, it's it's a weird thing to say in the 1985 well, horror I think, movie. I think that's why it's such a cult favorite i mean mm-hmm. or cult classic however you say i mean it was like the first one of the first films that you could see any type of 
any type of like a homosexual like you know whatever especially mm-hmm. for young boys yeah for them to like see it and i mean even you said there was like that uh like metaphor or like sim- symbol symbolic i can't talk symbolism of there's something inherently wrong with me on the inside because of these feelings I'm having, these actions yeah, that I yeah. have. I mean, aside from murder, and of course, again, I want to say this, <laughs> not gay, not speaking for the gay community at all. No, no, Just no, based no. on what I've read and, like, documentaries and, like, whatever. I do want to say that. I feel like we should have had someone true, come true. and talk about it, but we just committed to doing this together yeah but yeah and, and well and also you don't want i i wouldn't want to burden someone with speaking for all of you know the gay community well yeah but i mean and, but, i feel but, like we kind of don't we should just make it known like yeah, yeah we're we, not trying to speak on anyone's behalf either. exactly put just put that on the table you know yeah sorry did i, I, I make I, it th- weird no 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 I, I can completely understand the the like the metaphor of no one understands me I f- what what what's inside of me is wrong, and in this case, it is because it's Freddy fucking Krueger. I thought you were fixing to say, and in this case, it is because it's gay or something. <laughs> I was going to say, like, what the fuck? No, we no, just no. apologized to everyone, and now what? No, but but like it just could it, like the entire movie could be chalked up to a metaphor for struggling with coming out. Yes. Yes, absolutely. You know, and when Freddy does bust out of his torso, you know, (laughs) (laughs) when Freddy does bust out of his torso, he's, uh, sure. Like he does. (laughs) Sure, he is murdering people left and right, but that could could be, again, I'm speaking from a point of, of ignorance, but... Like him coming out? Yeah. Like, it, yeah. Yeah. It's like, this is me. This is who I am. How do you deal with who like I am? In, like in taking out the haters, kind of? <laughs> like... No, like, I don't... So Freddy, in the third act, Freddy's just a really fierce Twitter handle? Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I feel like I and maybe us, we've, we've talked enough about the gay stuff. Like, I, I get it. And it's it's really the only redeeming quality of that second movie is being able to see it as like a gay, iconically gay movie. Yes, I mean, and like my notes go as follows: What the fuck is happening? <laughs> Lisa's motherfucking hair. Which Lisa? That's her name. Lisa. Yeah. Lisa's motherfucking hair. Oh, you're all my children now. Um, like. Freddie saying that it was so sick. Like it was one of the lines in the movie that made me just cringe Mm -hmm. because it's like, we know what a sick fuck you were and you're all my children now. It's just like that predatory, like, Oh, it made me want to vomit. I didn't like it. (laughs) And then what the fuck is really going on? Dog babies. Why isn't he in jail? Yes. I totally forgot about the scene. Yes. Dog scene Babies, why the, isn't he in jail? Where Lisa <laughs> follows she, Freddy Krueger to his boiler room. And she fucking kisses Freddy. And she's like, I love you, Jesse. I love you. <laughs> and then freaking grabs onto Freddy. And then for whatever reason, Freddy like, doesn't fight back. And he's, I mean, 
what the fuck is really happening? The and then she's does like, not make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess it is the only redeeming quality is yeah. the fact that it like was representative or in some small way, like good for, you know, yeah. Gay community and like for them to see like something, even though like the violence is connected, like, I'm sure that wasn't, like, pleasant right? to be like, hey, I see myself in this movie, but there's murder. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just... I'm going to take you to see a movie that I really identify with. What? Murder. No. (laughs) Which I feel really bad because I don't really have much to say or much care for the second movie at all. And and that in and of itself says a lot. Also... It was just kind of fucking garbage. Male protagonist. Just saying. Well, no, and I mean, I've said that from the beginning. Like, yeah. that was supposed to be, and is, and most of them, strong female characters. You know what? I fucking take that back. It had a male protagonist, but by the end, the hero is Lisa. Yes. Fucking and it, Lisa. And it is. Yeah. Like, I mean, she's the heroine and, you know, whatever. But I didn't care for much for her character either. No. I mean, it was just a, it was very shoddy, like, just the entire thing. It yeah. was a little, a little too cheeky. And I like cheeky. <laughs> but it was a little too cheeky. It just yeah. needed something more. It was a fucking hot southern mess. Hotherin, hotherin. Hotherin mess. Hotherin mess. <laughs> yes. Hot mess express. Okay. So... Two comes out, is critically panned across the board. Uh, so, New Line takes it into a different direction. Um, Wes Craven comes back. Yes. And right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wes, and, and Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Dream Warriors. Dream Warriors is released in... 1987. Yes. Oh, it's, good job. There's a, yeah, two-year gap. And this is an even like it's 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 even more of a departure from the first two movies than I thought thought it was going to be. Really? Yeah, yeah. Because this one is completely set in a basically a mental institution. Yes. Where children are being uh, treated for various things. Most of them are sleep related. Yeah, well, I think that most of it was like they were, like, because Freddy is making them kill themselves. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. Yes. It's about suicidal kids. Yes. Yeah. So, but it's still Freddy during sleep. So it's not like but it, too far away from But if it. you have two movies set in high school, and then your next one is set in a mental institution. Well, yeah, but they're still yeah. high school aged. So I guess that's why it's yeah. not as. Which, I mean, you gotta shake things up. I mean, yeah. you got a gay one, a crazy one, a regular. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and, and this one, we have, an, that we have a nice smattering of characters that are very diverse. Yes, there's our first black character. A black character. There's a uh, handicapped character. There's a mute character. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's kind of beautiful. Yeah, there's, a, there's an Arquette character. Like, you're so dumb. <laughs> you say Arquette like it's a fucking Baldwin character. Yeah, there's more than one Arquette. There's a few Arquettes in, in, in oh. Hollywood. There's David, there's Patricia, there's. That's the only two I know. There's got to be more than that. I think their dad was famous, right? David. Uh, is David Arquette He's, Dewey? Yeah. Like, yeah. the Cox lady, what's her name? Courtney Cox is Courtney Cox. Yeah. Okay. And you're right. It's still a film about children. 
and you know the parents just don't understand teachers just don't understand me and and which i think is like such a beautiful like i mean it's so relatable yeah i mean so it makes it almost a metaphor for growing up anyway yeah i mean it's and then the sad fact is that a lot of them don't get to grow up yeah because you know sometimes even as parents we do you do everything that you can to protect your children and you can't and a lot of harm you do by trying to protect them yeah you know and there's no right way or wrong way or whatever and obviously this isn't about parenting like we're not going to do a full on parenting episode or anything not yet kidding no we're not we're probably reality babies (laughs) coming to you 2020 We interview no. the kids now, and then in 10 years, we interview them again. It's like, mom and dad were the worst. They <laughs> fucked us up. What is it? Irrevocably? Irrevocably. I can't say it. Irrevocably. Irrevocably? There you go. Irrevocably. That sounds right. What? No, but watch. Someone's going to like text you or email you. Just like, That's not even what that word means, you fucking idiots. <laughs> So, um, so, so we mentioned Fre- that, that not Freddie's back, but uh, Wes Craven is back, and Nancy, and Nancy is back. Why is Wes Craven back? How, how did, do we know how that happened? No, I think that I think enough time passed. So it was what 1987. Yeah, it was two years after the second movie. Yeah, so I think that I think that Wes Craven just wrote a wrote a new a new one because it's written by Wes Craven, mm-hmm. but I'm really not sure where the the back the backstory or anything i wish i wish i was I, i'm running out of fun facts god damn it <laughs> um but what i really like about about that film is what kills them are their weaknesses or like their troubles like right. the girl who wants to be famous you know, Freddie's all welcome to primetime, bitch. You know, and, <laughs> and 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 she gets pulled into the TV. Yes, and there's just a, like the visual of her charred body just shoved into the television. You know, that's that was a pretty strong visual. And and this movie, go, going back to you know what the the stuff I said about the first movie and it having such great practical effects. Everything in this movie outdid that first one, practical, practical wise. Like the the whole television sequence. Yes. Uh, I don't remember which which death it was. The snake death, where the room just tore apart around them. Oh yes, no, I rem- That's when they all go into the dream together, which I think is really yeah. really cool because, um, like whenever you have lucid dreams mm-hmm. and you realize, oh, I'm dreaming right now. And have you ever experienced yeah, a lucid dream? Yeah. And then you kind of can shift the dream a little bit mm-hmm. the way that you want to. You're, and, you're I more mean, in the driver's seat. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I think that I think it was beautifully handled. I mean, again, back to the you can't punch in a dream or like whenever in the first movie, Nancy's trying to run up the stairs and they have like the bisquick and they're uh-huh. trying to like run up or whatever. Like, I think that it was neat because sometimes you can pull. Yeah. certain things into your dreams and i thought that was really neat like i love that yeah and, and uh, like i wasn't really satisfied with the explanation they gave for why patricia arquette's character could 
bring other people into her dream and jump into other people's dreams. Yeah. Because I don't think they ever told us why that's a thing. No, they didn't. I think but, it was more of a play on, you know, just the lucid dreams. Yeah, because cause it, it, it's really what makes that movie work so well is the fact that we're all going to go to sleep together and we're going to fight Freddy together and we're going yes. to use our in-dream abilities to defeat this monster. Yes, which is which is a nice contrast to we can't lean on anyone, we don't have anyone, we need our parents because they're completely isolated mm-hmm. from anyone who loves them. And so they have, I mean, it's like the breakfast club of horror movies. Like, they're all just so different, and there's no reason for them to be connected, you know? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's really nice. And Nancy coming back, where we know that she's still torn up, she's still broken, she's still dealing with things, she's taking some sort of medication that keeps you from hitting rim. Um, yeah, sleep. keeps you from, from dreaming. Yes. Yeah. Specifically so she doesn't have to deal with Freddie. Right. I mean, and I think that that's wonderful. And it's, it was nice to see Nancy again, even though it had only been a few years. No. Oh. You know what it was nice? What? Nancy's fucking hair. Yes, of course it was. It was fucking gorgeous. God damn it. Her hair in that movie is brilliant. Yes. I know. And it was, it, it was even better. It was a little more tame. Yeah, um, yeah, maybe not as teased, but I—I I mean, I think that her first hair was pretty good, and it looked very natural. But yeah, she's just a little bit older. Um, uh, I do have to say, though, mm-hmm. uh, Heather Heather Langenkamp, Langenkamp—I'm yeah. not sure how to say her name. Oh, the acting. Oh, no, she is not an actress. Yeah, like the first film. <laughs> she gets paid for being an actress. Yeah. She is not one, though. Like the first film, like her being young and naive and, you know, whatever, I think was more natural. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm not sure how much acting she actually did. I think that she was, like, a lot just herself. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like, um, I think it was a little easier for her. But trying to be this grad school uh, scholar, you know, whatever. Yeah. What was she? I mean, she was a doctor of sorts, or at least she, well versed no, in no, well, grad, grad school. So that means she's not quite a doctor yet. Okay, right? but still, regardless, she's supposed to. She's being portrayed as a medical professional. Yeah, and it's technically only been what four six, years? Six, no, it, well, four or five years. Eighty-seven. But I mean, she's only like nineteen eighty-three is whenever the first was. Recorded, so it's only a four-year difference. I mean, she's still very young. She I was only—I don't think it's real time, though. I know, but like as a person, she was well, still. Oh, oh, okay. I know yeah. what you're saying. Like yeah. she was so still so young. Actress, yes, and absolutely. it very much was evident that yeah. she was so young. I mean, she didn't bring any new wisdom. I mean, she almost sounded like—I mean, because you remember in the first film, she's like, um, "Mother." Mother, just listen to me. You know, I mean, it was almost like, uh, but Daddy, I love him from The Little Mermaid. Like, yeah. again, in this one. So it was, a, I was glad she was back, but it was still a little bit like, oh, a little cringeworthy. Yeah. I, I, I 100% agree. Like, it was really, really cool that she came back. Yes. You know, because you, you, you inject a character with the knowledge of the the actual problem mm-hmm. into this plot, you are furthering the plot along in a way that previous films could not have been. Yes. And know? it m- almost makes up for the fact that 
Freddie's Revenge was such a hot mess. And, yep. like, a, what is it that you always say? A, a dumpster fire? It was a dumpster fire. Yes. Yeah, the second movie. Yes. It's a, it's a gay dumpster fire? No, I don't think <laughs> we can say that. I don't think we can say that. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm it was sorry, good. a dumpster fire with gay undertones. Sorry. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> that was a dick towards me. No, but I did. I, I liked it a lot, especially, like, it, you know what, though? We do... Mm-hmm. And this is just now dawning on me, but, um, you know, we're talking about, like, parents don't understand, blah, 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 all of that. But, you know, the stigma around mental health mm-hmm. and not believing people when they say, like, you know, I want to die or, you know, I just don't want to live anymore. You know, like that whole thing or whatever, mm-hmm. like, it carries on into, like, a little bit more depth, even though it seems a little shallow. Yeah. Like, surface, or, like, you know, face value or whatever. It's just like, oh, blah, 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 another fucking horror film or whatever. But there's themes that go into these movies that I think are, like, wow. a, a little bit more in-depth than they get credit for. You 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 might be onto something, because surface level, you know, you have all these suicidal teenagers who, the plot tells us they're not suicidal. Right. However, metaphorically speaking, if Freddy is using their weaknesses against them, yes, I mean th- it's they're, they're basi- like depression. Yeah, or- yeah. Like Freddy is just the manifestation of their depression, driving right. them to suicide. Right, but it's not actually them, and like they're they're actually doing the best they fucking can. Yeah, and while in the movie they're victims of Freddy. In real life, they're victims of depression. Right, and of other people not having empathy or um, even understanding of their issues, which having the understanding would be like, this is not me, this is outside of me, Yeah, and I cannot control this. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just want you to believe me. I mean, I think that's the... The theme in all of them, just believe me. Mm-hmm. You, I'm not e- there. I'm not even asking you to do anything. I just need you to know and to be here. So instead, let's throw them all into one building and misdiagnose them for years. Well, yes, and during our sleep shifts, I will fall asleep and you will die, bitch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, which, oh God, the marionette scene where like his veins and tendons act. For the strings and Freddy's uh-huh. just, which I know that you're not into the the play of Freddy and like the silliness of Freddy, but him holding his claws out with the tendons attached <laughs> above this uh, church setting uh-huh. and taking his claws and or no, he takes his claws, it's his other hand, and taking his claws and going chink, chink, chink before he fucking falls. It's almost funny. I mean, it's just like, and by almost, I mean, it very much is, you know, watching him fall. And so it, it does have like a little bit of a softer play than a full on just, oh, I'm a scary bad guy. I came to your summer camp and I'm going to kill all of you. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, that's the I, charm I feel of like it. that's a dig directly at me. What do you mean? Of, because of my how much I love Jason Voorhees. I've never watched a Jason film. Uh, well, you basically just described four of them, so... Oh. <laughs> well, I didn't know. I thought that was... Never mind. I'm going to just shut up. I don't want my ignorance to be too much out there. But, like, this third movie was great. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I yeah, mean, the, it's The third wonderful. movie is really good. Um, it, it, like, 
back to the back to the lore that I was not expecting. Uh, I, the children that are in danger mm-hmm. are the last surviving children of the parents yes, who that's burned right. Freddy. That's right. They didn't. That did not have to be established. There was no like. Nobody would have felt any differently about this movie if that was never mentioned. However, Wes Craven and his team decided... It was important, it, yeah. That is important. Building the lore and the reason for Freddy's existence in this scenario is important. And that is something I can respect a lot. Well, yeah, like him having a reason. And then, of course, just to build off of what we were talking about earlier, I mean... You think about, like, they're in a mental hospital, miss or whatever. Like, how many of those things are hereditary? Mm-hmm. And the cause of a lot of things can be... Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. Am I being too much? No, no. This is, like, fucking horror Shakespeare. Like... <laughs> well, I mean... you Did you know <laughs> that um, Robert England is a Shakespearean actor? Like, that's his training. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, like, there's a lot of thought... That went into it. And I think maybe that's why, like, either you care about it or you don't mm-hmm. kind of thing. And, like, it doesn't make you less of, like, I mean, I'm not, I don't consider myself an intellectual person <laughs> or, you know, whatever. And, of course, watching it again as an adult, you see different themes and different, you know, whatever that you wouldn't normally see. But, I, I mean, I think that they did just a fucking stellar job, especially... Like, the first one was gorgeous. It was beautiful. Like, I loved it. It was fucking scary. But, I mean, it was more of a horror film. This one was kind of like a psychological thriller type, you know? Um, Not, I mean, pun intended. Yes, of course, they're in a fucking (laughs) nut house or whatever. But Yeah. And the the thing is, is you, you hit the nail on the head. You can watch the movie as a horror movie, or you can choose to see the undertones. Yeah, and I think that you get the best of both worlds, yeah. depending on which type of person you are, whatever mindset, whatever mindset that you go into it yeah. with, and um, your perception is everything. Which I mean, your perception in dreams, like how Nancy's like, I'm not scared of you, I'm done, and they have choices in the dreams mm-hmm. to pull in other people. I mean, it really yeah. is. It really is fucking beautiful. How did they defeat Freddy in the third movie? Um, oh, God. Oh, God. You're taxing my memory right now. <laughs> um, shit. I don't think I've ever said that phrase in my life. Taxing? Yes. That's taxing my memory. Fucking, that's fucking podcasting goes. Um, Let's see. Well, we know that we see Freddy's mom. That's right. Amanda Kruger. Amanda Kruger is the uh, the nun. Yes. And so, oh, I I think I remember. Or, wait. No, I don't. That's Dream Master. Um, so, Freddy's mom comes in. We find out that Freddy is the bastard son of 100 Maniacs. That's right. From this nun who's walking around and the doctor who's in charge of treating all of the teenagers um, in the ward or whatever. Um, follows her, and she tells him this whole, like, horrific story. So we have two different deaths of Freddy. We have where, one, Nancy dies. Oh, yeah. By the hands of Freddy, but then she comes back and, like, she, like, stabs him in the throat or something like that. And we think Freddy's dead. 
but he's not. Right. And then the doctor. The doctor and Nancy's dad. Yes, because, uh, which we find out at the end that the nun is Amanda Kruger. Right. Because um, we see her walk to the, what was it, the, a tombstone or something that says he, Amanda Kruger? Or was the nun Amanda Kruger? I don't know. but like Basically the ghost of Freddie's mom. Yes, yeah. but was she actually, whatever, but she says you have to bury the remains in... Uh, hallowed ground. Hallowed ground, yes. And yes. so Nancy goes back and sees her dad, which of course, I mean, her dad was so unhelpful, which we didn't talk about that, but her dad's the lieutenant, and he arrests her friend, uses her as like cat and mouse or whatever as, to like yeah, find the friend, yeah. yeah, the friend, because they think that he killed Tina, um, and so they get to like hang out or whatever. And then Nancy fucking dies and the doctor goes back and he's like super fucking dramatic. It's like, you just met this girl. And he's like, if you won't do this for Nancy, I will, or I'll kill you or whatever. And then they go and find the remains of Freddie. Yeah. Um, the, the, the remains that. Nancy's parents had helped hide yes. because they helped burn him. Yes, not the remains from when yeah, they, Nancy tried to kill him. I mean, we thought he was dead, but he wasn't. Yeah, so they get his remains out of oh, look like a Cadillac. Yeah, like the trunk and of a Cadillac. And in this like junkyard, like a savage yeah. a salvage yard salvage or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then they they bury him and they make the ground sacred and shit. Yes, with holy water, with holy and he water just like he goes into the uh, into the fucking Catholic Church. What was it that you said? You were like, so according to like cinematic history, like if you walk into a fucking Catholic church, mass is happening at fucking two a.m. Like there's just people in there, and he's like stealing a crucifix, and the father's like. What are you doing here? And, and he's like, I'll take it back. Or I'll I bring it back. And he gives him his fucking driver's license. <laughs> and what did you say? The sequence was hilarious. Yeah, what like, did you say? It's not a damn old library. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's steal this crucifix. You can have my driver's license as collateral. Yes. Oh that whole God. sequence made sense. All, but it was everything kind of he un- did was, made sense. But it was so bonkers. Yeah, but you could tell it was like a lead-up scene, just so we would know. I mean, he steals um, Nancy's dad's um, liquor bottle. Yeah. To fill up with um, holy water. With holy water, I'm like, that's fucking great. That's fucking great. Yes, I mean, just he could. But I'm just saying, like, he could have stole a fucking goblet or whatever. Like, <laughs> like instead what, of taking his booze. Th- what do you think they have in? In, in, in I don't Catholic know. Churches. I don't go to church or mass Catholic or whatever. Go- goblet supply store. I mean, he stole a bunch of whatever. <laughs> I mean, whatever. But I, I, I really appreciated that scene just because of how it was silly. He, like that dude knew what exactly he was going to do. This, 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 and they kill Freddy, and it made like a lot of that stuff made sense. It did, which was really refreshing. Yeah, and had the comparison. series ended. With this movie, all of that would have made sense. Yes. Yeah. It, like, it did end on a cliffhanger. The light came on in the little dollhouse. That- yes. Which, I mean, that's our that's our other ending. Which, I mean, was kind of cool. I mean, in that house being so psychotic. It's like, Freddy's never actually dead. Because, I mean, we all have fears. We all have things that mm-hmm. haunt us. We all have our own demons and 
unfortunately, we all have to sleep. And when you sleep, I mean, no one knows what dreams are, but I mean, how many dreams have you had that have been like a collection of the things that have happened the day? Yep. I mean, if you're... It's happened this week. Yes, that's happened that week. And how many times do you have to face who you are as a person and the things that you don't like and those demons of who you are? I mean, Freddy is fear. He is our worst enemy. So, he never fucking dies. (laughs) Ever. Speaking of which, so the end of Nightmare on Elm Street 3 has Freddy not actually dead. Because there's a fourth movie. Truth. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 4, Dream Master? Yes, the Dream Dream Master. Master. Like, you shouldn't put Dream in the title of two movies back-to-back. That's just... Bad naming. Bad naming. Well, I think that it became a theme because there's Dream Master. Um, dream Warriors. Dream, dream Warriors. A dream Child, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what, what What are next? What's, what's after that? Yeah. 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 Uh, five is the Dream Child. Mm-hmm. Is there any other Dream titles? No. No. That's the last one. Okay. Um, the ne- the the one after that is Freddy's Dead, the final nightmare, and then Freddy's it was new not nightmare. a final nightmare. Uh, yeah, then the new nightmare. Oh, which I cannot wait for. Oh, we'll get yeah, we're gonna we'll get to all of that, but we do need to talk about Nightmare on Elm Street Four, which curiously again no Wes Craven. Yeah, which I don't have a good tidbit for that. I'm not sure why. And it's 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 almost too obvious that Wes Craven is the driving force behind the good movies. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. And this this film is it seems a little unnecessary. It was again a year later. Yep. And it's a continuation where we kind of have the opposite. So the second movie does not have any of the characters and is just based off of the house. This one is oh, okay. Everyone's out. We have a we have an actress change. Yep. yep. Um, no, we're, we're no more Arquette. Which they fool us with the hair again, but not so very well because it's <laughs> definitely not Patricia Arquette. Um, so it has this weird little flip flop reverse. It's very much a sequel to three. Yes. Yeah, like but, a direct. Uh, but a little unnecessary. I mean, I just yeah. have to say, like it's. Yeah. I mean, so far we have good, bad, good, bad. Like, yeah. So we'll have to see if the trend. It's like, uh, it's like Star Trek movies. Every even Star Trek movies, good. And this one, every odd. Um. Hey guys, I don't know if you know this, but I am not a rebree regular for a fucking reason because I don't want to hear this shit, babe. Look, look. That's like a common nerd thing. Every odd. And it's not a common. No. Yeah. Every. I'm sorry. Every even Star Trek movie is considered a good one. Every odd one is considered a shitty one. Okay, do you want me to give you some Star Trek? Yeah. Are you out of your Vulcan mind? Uh, it's my favorite fucking line. Jesus. Because I'm Christ. a I'm I'm a, a normal. <laughs> You're or, a normie. Yeah. What do you What do you call people? That, I know how to do the thing, right? Yeah. Or is lit- that two in the pink, one in the snake? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. All right. Back to it. Back to it. Yeah. So, I. I 
if I'm being completely honest, I don't have that much to say about this fourth movie. Me either. It's especially after watching a good one, a bad one, that was, ch- like, as bad as the second one is, it still has a charm to it. A good one, and then, as you put it, an unnecessary one. Because... Yes. We it don't, it we, just there's, seemed there's like no a continuation. Nancy, there's no, like... Wes Craven? Yeah, there's no Wes Craven. They kind of switch who the focal point is about halfway through the movie. Yeah, which we didn't talk about Kincaid. Um, Kincaid's the black guy? Yes, and he was great. And then we have, uh, God, and I can't remember her name, but the black girl who's nerdy, right, in this one. Right. Um, The one thing that stood out in this film was the recurring... uh, like dream aspects and I wrote a few down like the doors never worked <laughs> um you can't run yeah. um setting changes like you know you'd be in one place and then things switch around um there's that one scene that you were just like why does this keep repeating why does this keep repeating uh-huh. um but I've had a thousand dreams where I think that you know I'm like oh shit I forgot the baby at daycare and so I'm like trying to get to daycare, and then I start right back over where I'm trying like, to get oh, dressed. I forgot the big baby, baby at baby daycare. daycare. Yeah. And so I think they did a good job at that, at least. Like, uh, what were some of the? Oh, people morph into other people. We see the um, English teacher from the first one mm-hmm. come back as the nurse. I think in this movie. Yeah. Um, which is kind of cool. Which that actress said, like she was very surprised because. People would come up to her and just like, you know, I have an English teacher just like that. Like, I loved seeing you in that first film um, where she pats Nancy on the back. Um, Like, people really dug her. And so, like, I thought that was a really fun little thing from it. Because I remember that. I'm like, oh, look, the teacher fucking cares, but not the parents. (laughs) Um, But, I mean, that was really... I mean, it was boring. It was like we already watched the movie, and now they're in high school again. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, Joey talked, so that was nice. Yeah, like it, it, it almost feels like, oh, well, you, you, you solved the problem. Good job. It's just stick around a year. We're gonna, we're just gonna kill you later. Well, yeah, and and the fact that they can't get the same actress to play Kirsten or Kristen, whatever her name is. Yeah, yeah. Um, which they did get her mom, so that's cool. Yeah. Um, but they couldn't get her, so it was just like, why are y'all doing this? Like, I don't know if the third movie did so well. They just wanted to, like, go after the cash grab or or what. That's, but it just that, seemed kinda, so unnecessary. Yeah, that's that's kind of how the second and fourth movies feel. Yeah. They just feel like, oh, we have a hit. Right. But, again, like you said, it's nothing without Wes Craven. And it just seemed like, why didn't you wait another year mm-hmm. and give it a little time? And write something, like, good and wonderful. But I think that that's where we're going to get to. Um, Dream Child, I don't remember very much. But Mm -hmm. these next few movies, I know that there's some fucking gems in there. So I'm excited to watch them. I'm excited to see you watch them. (laughs) Um, And I'm fucking excited to watch them with commentary and remind myself of the things that I forgot so I'll have fun nuggets. Fun nuggets. Fun nuggets. Um, let's see. Before we get out of here, I do want to point out a couple of things. We, we've already talked about how basically every movie has a strong female in them. Yes. That is something that 
Hollywood is not very good at doing. No. You just, but the, the horror franchise is, or the, I'm sorry, the horror genre is unique in that there are a lot of strong female characters yes, in it. You're... But they're done that way because that's where you get the, the, like the largest gap between victim and predator. The largest yes. gap is going to be between a weak of woman course, and, a and, and a violent killer. Yes, and your killer is always a dude, it seems like, yeah. in most yeah. of these films. Which, I you know, for Wes Craven, it was very much an intentional choice. He was like, I don't want to have these girls that run upstairs scared. You know, you know Nancy in the first one, she's setting booby traps. Um, even Kristen in this one, she she's absorbing everything that her friends are saying to her. Mm-hmm. And taking tidbits away from these people she lost. And at the end, she's like, evil will see itself. And so it's like a completely different thing from the first one. But so, like, I don't know. You have, like, that I'm not scared. Like, I'm not going to do this. Um, Which was really nice, like, as a woman to watch those. And and it's going to come up again later. I love that the bad guy that's coming after them, it has nothing really to do with their sexuality. I mean, I know there's that first film, but mm-hmm. there's not a lot of sex. There's not. In these there's, 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 movies. There's, there's a couple of gratuitous boob scenes right. in the second and third movies. Yeah, which we have the boob scene. And the fourth. Yeah, there were, there, there where, were boobs, boobs Where in. Nancy goes under. No, I do love that Kincaid brings fuck, bitch, dick, <laughs> and everything into the third and fourth. Like, Kincaid was such a fucking great character. <laughs> like, I love him. And since we're probably, possibly, maybe, we're definitely doing a Freddy versus Jason theme here where we come back for the Jason, right? We're going to do Freddy vs. Jason regardless. But we're going to watch yeah. the Jason films as well, right? That's um, In the long term, that is the plan. I don't right. know if that's this year or next year. or I, I don't... I see. But, yes. Okay. Once, so, once, once Freddy's in the, in the can, we're then going to... See th- where it goes. See where it goes. Okay, well, Ken Cade's dog, mm-hmm. his name is Jason. And yep. it's been many a years since I've watched New Nightmare... But I want to say that Nancy's husband's name is Jason. That's fantastic. If we don't have an inclination to do it, I think that we should remember those two points and make sure that it happens. Trust me, any time the name Jason comes up in these, I'm going to be like, ha! <laughs> well, I know. That's why I'm saying it now, so that way I can steal it from you. No. Yeah, yeah. Steal your glory. Um, very last thing I want to say about the last movie. In the mid '80s, having a young black nerdy female in Perfect. a film, yes, is so progressive. Yeah, it's that's what you said. It's extremely progressive. Yeah, because it completely bucks all the trends. Like that, ex- that exact character in every other '80s movie is a white dude. Yes. Pe- it, period. Well, and I love the contrast between Kincaid. And her, because, like, they could have very well made her the angry black woman. Yep. You know, which, I mean, Kincaid... They already had one of those. Yeah, Kincaid (laughs) basically was the angry black woman, but, I mean, in a totally different way. And I love that she was... 
she was this smart, beautiful um, person. And she didn't give a shit what, uh-huh. you know, these girls are telling her. Like, we have the girl that works out, and she's like, you know, oh, you're always worried about brains. What about this? How are you going to find a husband? And she's like, ah, matter over matter. Like, get your shit together, bitch. Yep. And I love that. Like, she, she was very cool and I hate that she died so quickly but and I hate that she had to have asthma it's like come on are you fucking serious look look apparently in the 80s asthma and nerd are the same go hand in hand it's it's, it's like redheads and freckles like it's the same thing apparently (laughs) apparently but yeah I did I didn't hate the fourth one but I didn't it was better than the second but it was definitely unnecessary so yeah yeah I don't know. All right, so I have a question for you. Okay. Um, on a scale from one to ten, how much have you enjoyed doing this? Like, not necessarily the movies, but the experience. The experience? Uh, I'm going to say it's much higher than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, probably somewhere between a seven and an eight. You hear that? He thinks that hanging out with his wife is only uh, seven or an eight. It's a trap. <laughs> It's a fucking trap. Yes, always a trap. All right, so favorite movie of those one through four. One, one. Okay, one. close. The, close second would be the third one. Yes. Yeah. The third one. Hmm, the first one's great for me. Mm-hmm. The third one, it was a little bit more fun, and I do have to like ah the lines like him being. I'm gonna do my Freddy voice. Okay. The uh, sorry kid, don't believe in fairy tales, <laughs> and uh. Welcome to prime time, bitch. Like, I love those so much. That voice, uh-huh. like my sisters are just like Ariel. Do it, Ariel. <laughs> say it, Ariel. Say it. Like, welcome to prime time. So wow, I love the third one. The yeah. one liners, which I know you don't like, those were fucking yeah. great in that movie. And and I, I I know I've touched on this twice already, and I'm gonna I'm, I, I I just have to go out of way, out of my way and say it again. Mm-hmm. The practical effects in the first and third movies were so are good. Amazing. Yes. Amazing. Like it's twenty. What is it? 20, it's twenty nineteen. Get your shit together. Sorry. It's twenty nineteen. These movies were made 30, 30 years ago. At least thirty years ago. Yes. I don't know how they did a lot of those those effects. Like, like, I just straight up don't know. I do. Well, of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> but just as a movie goer, you know, nowadays it's, they just click some shit on a computer and boom. Yeah, like they, they had to be out, out very the, yeah. innovative. and Someone had to figure it out. Yes, And then they had curious. to do it. And then they had to do it again. And then they had to do it again until they got it right. Well, And even more so, like, some of those things, they only had one shot. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, because, I mean, they waited and they ruined the set, you know, to not, to, or to get that one shot. Yeah. Um, which is really cool. And I love that. I love that you care about the cinematic, like, mm-hmm. uh, process. Oh, absolutely. So much. Let's go make out like we're two kids in a movie theater. <laughs> Pop some popcorn. Oh, my go? God. No, 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 no. We have to talk about the score before we yeah. go. Yeah, okay. That score. Fucking money, and it was a. Oh, I can't do it. You'll have to. You'll have to. Uh, you'll have to put like a little insert here for the um, 
Like, the thing is, like, they wrote it to give you, like, that major chord, and then they, or minor chord, rather, and they threw in chords that don't make sense, accidental notes. Mm-hmm. And just for it to keep you like, wait, what is this? What is, like, it's not aesthetically pleasing, but or it shouldn't be. Not aesthetically, but... Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you're talking about. Um, yeah. pleasing, Auditorially pleasing. Yes, yeah. pleasing, but it is, and it's so good. And then we have the... One, two, Freddy's coming Oh, you said it looking at that. Huh? Yeah, I, I, I do. I because don't. it's Because a lot of the films pan to those small children. Yeah. And I think I just hate nursery right. rhymes, rhymes. Oh, my God. You're such a bitch. They're dumb as shit. They Three, really are. Three, four, better <laughs> lock your door. Yeah, but. apparently Johnny... No, no, no. It was Heather Langenkamp's boyfriend. They were sitting like at a piano or something while she was filming... And um, Wes Craven had wrote one, two, Freddy's coming for you, like the whole little bit. Mm-hmm. And he started singing it to her. And that's how it came in. And so he was like, this has to be in the films. Wow. And it may have the people swapped out on that, but whatever. It's fucking good shit. I'm excited to watch the next the next few movies with you. It's yeah. going to be good. Yeah. I'm, and, I'm, and I would like to, I've never seen Freddy vs. Jason, ever. So I have no Ooh, idea. Yeah, okay. I've never watched okay. it because I was like, "What the fuck is this shit?" I'm not watching it. Yeah, I've like we're absolutely gonna watch Freddy vs. Jason. I just am not have not decided in what order it's gonna be because in the next episode, uh, which will be the second part of this, we're gonna cover uh, movies five, six, and seven, which is Dream, Dream Child. Child, Freddy's Dead, New Nightmare, and the. Mm. The reboot from the aughts. Which I don't think should count. No, well, we have to cover it. (laughs) I know. Even even if it's just to shit on it for, you know, for 15 minutes. You're not going to shit on it as much as I will. Well, because, like, I saw it. And I was like, this is legit scary. The guy they they Ah! picked, I thought was great. But, of course... I'm going to throw this fucking microphone (laughs) across the universe, into the sun. Like, ugh. All right, all right, all right. Well, then I guess we'll table that (laughs) until the next episode after we actually watch it. Uh, But, yeah, we're definitely covering those four next time. We might cover Freddy vs. Jason. We may not. (gasps) We may put that off until we've watched both series. I don't know. That's still up in the air. The suspense is killing me. Yeah. But tune in next time. Uh, Do you have any final thoughts before we walk out of here? Um, I think that I'm much better at this. Then you are. I'm oh, kidding. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, final thought, but it has to do with me. This felt a lot better doing this than I thought it was going to be. Like, it's fucking weird because I'm looking at you. Mm-hmm. And it's always like, I don't know. Yeah. It's a little weird. I've been on Rebray before. Like, yeah. And it was not a cool experience. I was so anxious and so worried and just like so fucking awkward, which I'm sure I've said some dumb shit, but this was fine. Yeah. I've enjoyed it. And just just think about it. As much as we talked about the movies while watching them, a lot of the things that we thought of, a lot of the revelations yes, we came in moment. Yeah, we would have never even thought of them had we not sat down to actually break them down. So. Yes. And I fucking said taxing. Taxing, taxing my memory. Like, what the fuck? Taxing your fucking vocabulary. I hate myself right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
do you have a sign off? Like, do you have like, and that's the way the cookie crumbles, or I think we can all do better. I, you know, it's been a hundred and something episodes. I still don't. We don't have a sign off. Oh my god. Okay, so I'll make one up for you. Like, we, I, there's a sign off on Shellheads. There's a sign off on. What's the Shellheads one? Uh, I'm Jeff, and I'm Sergio, and we're Shellheads. That's cute. Okay, yeah. there's one for whatever. There's, there's one for the the Jackson Spotlight. And it's 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 where Robert goes, uh, you've been breached, baby. Okay. <laughs> Aww, I love Robert. <laughs> but no, there's not one for reality breached. Okay, well then I guess we can play off of yours and uh yours and Jeff's. Um or your and uh, whatever. I'm not a fucking English major. So I'm Ariel. Are you are you feeling text? <laughs> yes, I'm feeling fucking text. So I'm Ariel. And I'm Sergio. And we're fucking married. Word. <laughs> 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 oh, I love it. Baby, mm-hmm. wouldn't it be fucking insane if I died before this came out? Oh shit! In my sleep. Oh fuck! Yeah, that would be baller time forever. That'd be scary. No, it'd be fucking cool. Like that's the way I want to go out. In fact, I want to be murdered. <laughs> <laughs> I do. What? It's the most famous you can get by getting dead. <laughs> By getting dead. <laughs> yeah, my poor, my poor uncle. He got dead. He got dead. Thank you for listening to Reality Breached. Don't forget to check out our other podcasts, the Black Pocket Podcast and the Reality Breached Local Spotlight. All available on realitybreached.com. <laughs>